Hey guys, this is Pastor Josh from Fresh Church. We are so excited that you are joining us for our podcast today. I do want to tell you that we pray at Fresh Church that you would get involved in the local church in your city. The Bible says that those that plant themselves in the house of the Lord will flourish. And a podcast and an online experience, a YouTube uh, sermon is amazing, but it does not replace the local church, the hope of the world, the community, the family that God has placed all of us in. And so we hope you find that and we hope you enjoy this message today. Well, how many people growing up, you love football in here? Anybody love football, right? Come on. I, I love me some football. I love college football. And I will never forget one of the first times I ever went to a Tennessee Volunteers game. Yes, I am still a Tennessee fan, despite all the hard years that I've had to go through in the past 10 years. And Matt Bowden rubbing that in my face on Facebook uh, this week as well. But uh, it's okay. I still love you, man, you know? But I remember going when they were good, like 1998, when we won the national championship, y'all. You know what I'm saying? I was a senior in high school, and it was awesome. And I remember seeing this, this one thing that I thought was super cool, and that was the cheerleaders, all right? A, because I was in high school, and then B, I was just like, man, it's super cool that they're down there just getting everybody. We're going V-O-L-S, balls, 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 right? Like, and getting everybody hyped up, getting everybody to go, hey, let's encourage our team. Let's shout right now. Let's do something. Let's come on. Let's do a wave. Come on. Let's do this chant. Come on. Let's sing Rocky Top. Come on. Let's do this and this and this and this. And let's just encourage our team so that they will score six points. And I was sitting there, and I remember thinking that, and I remember every single time I see the cheerleaders now, whether it's at a high school football game or a college football game or an NFL football game, and I'm like, man, shouldn't that be us? Like, we're putting all this energy into something that does not matter. It really doesn't. It is a game. And everybody is there, painted up, and they're all about encouraging their team and going, yes, we're going to shout them down. But when it comes to your neighbor, how are you shouting your neighbor down when he goes to work tomorrow morning? Like, how are you shouting and encouraging someone that you know needs some encouragement to walk into their workplace, to walk into the school, to walk into the hospital because you're getting ready to have a test that they don't know the outcome of that test? What are you doing to encourage one another? How are you being a cheerleader? So I entitled this message, The Cheerleader. And here's why we need this message today, because we live in a chronically negative world, don't we? And there's voices of discouragement everywhere, right from the minute that you were in little elementary school and nobody picked your face to be on their team for the first time. Discouragement. The moment that you did not get into the advanced class that you thought that you should be in. The moment you get on Instagram and Facebook and you don't have as many likes on the photo. The moment that you really feel like you don't really belong here, you say to yourself, I am a loser. You go to work, and the project just wasn't good enough for the boss man. You know, I'm sorry, this just wasn't good enough. You got to do it again. Your spouse starts picking you apart every chance they get. Your in-laws tell you that you're just not raising them kids right. You're just not doing it. Look at them kids. Look at them. And then your kids are like, yeah, mom and dad, you're not raising us right either, okay? It's negative. You go and you get some new pants, 
And then you, 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 you try them on, and then you get home, and you decide, oh, okay, oh, no, I liked these pants in that mirror, but I don't like these pants in this one. I'm absolutely awful. I'm too fat for these pants. I'm too whatever for these pants. Then you get on social media, and you see that person who just went on another vacation, and you're like, oh, great for them. They went on four vacations this year. Mm-hmm. You see that other person on social media, you see that other happy couple, and you're just like, oh, it's so great that they get a date night. Well, I never get a date night. Oh, I'm glad you were able to take that nap this afternoon. Guess what I was doing? Working! Oh, they got invited to that party? I didn't get invited to that party. Okay, uh uh-huh, mm-hmm. I see how it is. My life stinks. Like, these are the voices of discouragement that are constantly in our head all the time. But here's what I know. That should not be the life of a believer. That should not be the talk that's in our head. That should not be the life of a believer because God has called us to be a cheerleader. God has called us to be an encourager. God has called us to build others up, not tear people down. And write this down. In a world constantly tearing down, it is an incredible spiritual thing to build others up. In a world that we live in, where all we see is people building people, tearing people down all the time, it is an incredibly spiritual thing to build others up. And so I've decided, like I said last week, I turned 38 last week, and I've decided that here's what I want to do with the next 38 years of my life and beyond, okay? Every single day, I want to try to be and attempt to be a cheerleader for others. To be a cheerleader for others, living from a place of joy, living from a place of levity in my heart. Some of you need some levity in your heart. Some of you need some joy in your heart. You need to wake up going, how can I just cheer others on today and cheer myself on towards what God is calling me to do? How can I be a cheerleader today? How can I be my kid's greatest encourager? How can I try to be my wife's best cheerleader How can I encourage you and my friends toward God and others today? See, I want to be the person that, like, when anybody preaches from this stage, Pastor Tim, Pastor Stovall, they'll be here next Sunday. I want to come up to them every single time they preach a message and be like, that was fire, bro. Oh, my gosh. I got saved five times during that message. They're like, why are you, why why are you, like, it doesn't even matter what they preach. I'm going to say that was fire. You know why? Because I know that they need encouragement. I know that this, this worship band, they need encouragement. It doesn't matter if the, the, the singer is off pitch. It doesn't matter if the keys didn't play right. It doesn't matter if the drums were a little off. It doesn't matter what's going on. My job is not to go up to them all the time and just be like, da-da-da-da-da, well, you da-da-da-da-da, and you da-da-da-da-da, and you da-da-da-da. No, my job is just to be able to be like, dude, that was awesome. Like, I love you. Like, yeah, you, you know, you missed some notes, but that's okay. We all miss some notes, don't we? See, nobody in the world, and I've said this before, and I'll say this again, nobody in the ever world, in the whole entire world has ever said, please stop encouraging me. Like, I really don't need that. It's way too much. Please stop. Please. Nobody's ever said that. We all need to be the person that's not the critique, that, that, that doesn't come in with a critique spirit, but comes in with a cheerleader spirit, encouraging others on, telling them they can hit home runs. Why? Because our God is an encouraging God. Our God is an encouraging God. Look at 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 5 through 6 is the New Living Translation. This is Paul. 
He says, when we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. That's how some of you feel. Like you haven't slept in a week. Some of you, your moms with young kids, and you're just like, I don't even know what sleep is anymore. Right? We face conflict from every direction. It seems like there's conflict in every direction. With battles on the outside, battles on the outside of your life, fear on the inside. But God. Who loves a big but in the Bible? I do. But God, who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. This is a great scripture because it tells us something very important about our God. Write this down. God cares about encouragement. God cares about encouragement. You may not feel like anyone cares. You may feel like you're in that battle. You may feel like there's no rest. You're facing conflict on every side, every direction. Battles on the outside of you. Battles on the inside of you. But God, but God who does what? Encourages those who are discouraged. If you're discouraged this morning, you need to know that God is a God that's not going to send you more discouragement. God is a God that wants to send you encouragement. Amen? He wants to send you encouragement. Like, God will send you that encouragement, too. According to the scripture, he knows you're discouraged. He knows that you're facing trials. He knows that you've got conflicts on the inside and the outside of you. And he goes, you know what I'm going to do? Oh, watch this. Watch this. Hey, uh, so-and-so. Yes, Lord. Pick up the phone and call so-and-so. Okay. Hey, man, I I just wanted you to know, like, dude, I love you. I don't know why, but I just felt like the Lord told me just to call you. Pick up the phone and just say, hey, man, like, you got this. Like, it's going to be good. God is still with you. They're in Macedonia. No rest. But what does God do? He says, hey, Titus, go to Paul. God sent encouragement. Has that ever happened to you where you just got that text or that call right at the right time? Like you were about to give up? You were at the end of your rope? And then all of a sudden, somebody texted you. All of, a somebody, some, all of a sudden, somebody called you. All of a sudden, somebody gave you a word from the Lord. And that is from God. God will send you encouragement. But here's what you need to do, too. Be that person. Sometimes you don't even need to wait on God just to go, hey, um, you know what? You, you just see somebody that's discouraged, and you need to go and be the one that encourages them. You need to be the one that just picks up the phone and just goes, hey, I was just thinking about you. Hey, you need to be one that sends the text. You need to be one that says, hey, how can I be praying for you? How can I cheer you on? Because what if, go with me for a minute. This is awesome. What if you and I are most like God when we practice these three words, encourage others daily? What if that's one of the ways that we could be most like God? Is if we would just have this attitude of encouraging others daily. I didn't say once a week. I didn't say when you feel like it. I didn't say, husbands, when you feel like encouraging your wife, you do it. No, you do it daily. Encourage each other daily. Why? Because the voice of discouragement is always speaking. Every single day. That really wasn't good enough. Is in your head. Every single day. You left the dishes out again? Come on, hubby. 
Every single day. Well, why can't I afford that? I just, if I could just afford that, oh my gosh, my life would be changed. Every single day, I don't have that much more to give. I just know I don't have this much more to give. I don't have much more to give. I don't have much more to give. Every single day. No one really appreciates what I do, do they? They appreciate them, but they don't appreciate me. It's the voice of discouragement. Over and over and over again. And the writers of the Bible knew the voice of discouragement is always speaking, which is why they wrote in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. But encourage one another. Say it with me. Daily. There you go. Come on, say it with me again. Daily. Not weekly. Turn to your neighbor and say daily. <coughs> Turn to your other neighbor that you didn't choose and go daily. Daily. As long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25 says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. What is he saying there? The writer is saying, be a cheerleader. Think of ways. That means that you are actually to think of ways to cheer somebody on. So you're not just thinking about you. But you get outside of you and you go, hey, who is that person that I can be thinking of? And what are some ways that I could cheer them on today? How cool is that? And then it says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, which means get to church. Church should be an encouraging time. Church should be when we're worshiping together. When we're hearing the word of God speaking, uh, speaking to you, it should be an encouraging thing for you. Get to church. And when you're at church, encourage one another. Especially now that the day of his returning is drawing near. So according to scripture, write this down. When it comes to encouragement, first of all, we all need it. Second of all, we wish people would give it. Third, so just be the person who says it. That's why if you ever hang out with me or if I'm ever walking around the lobby and I, and I know you, I've probably met you more than one or two times, you know what one of the first things you're going to hear me say to you is, I love you. I'm just going to be like, hey, man, I love you. I just want you to know that today. Hey, I love you. I, I'm not stingy with those words. Some people are stingy with those words. You know why I'm not stingy with those words? Because the heart of the Father is constantly speaking to me. I love you, Josh. Hey, Josh, I love you. Let, let me just say something. The Lord is not stingy with those three words, so why should you be? Shouldn't we be love? Isn't one of the, 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 the fruits of the Spirit love? Right? So why are we stingy with those words? Oh, I can't tell them that I love them. That's weird. No, it's not. Just tell them. Just say it. Some people don't ever say it back to me. I don't care. I'm just like, hey, I love you anyways. <laughs> You're my boy. You're my girl. Doesn't matter. I love you. Just start being the person who says it. I want to be the first to say, good job on the project. I want to be the first to say, hey, your house looks nice. I want to be the first to say, I love that new haircut. Look at that haircut. That is bomb. That haircut is awesome. I want to be the first to say, here's some balloons. What if you're a balloon guy? What if you're a balloon girl? Anybody ever in here ever read anything by Bob Goff or, or know any of his stuff? He is known as balloon guy. He will literally show up in doctor's offices with balloons. 
Why? Just because he wants to show the people love in that doctor's office. Like he goes and he thinks about ways before he gets to the doctor of how he could encourage somebody by buying balloons. You know, one of the things I love to do for my wife, and and I've started doing this a lot more here lately, I, I just buy her flowers. Every time I go to Trader Joe's, I always buy her flowers. They got some nice flowers there. And I'll just put them in a vase, and sometimes she'll say, oh, these are lovely, thank you. And sometimes she'll just walk by them and not even notice them, but I don't care. Because I want her to know that here's a tangible presence of your husband just saying, I love you. I'm encouraging you today through these flowers. What if you became a cheerleader like that as well? If you've got a Bible, turn to Romans chapter 1. starting in verse 10 through 12. says, one of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. And when we get together, I want to, be, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. So the body of Christ is supposed to be the most encouraging family ever created. Do you see that? This is what he's talking about. I want to encourage you, and then I want you to encourage me. And when we get together, I want to encourage you. So that means that there's some husbands in here. Sorry, I've been fighting off a a little uh, sinus infection all week, so my throat is a little scratchy. (coughs) There's some husbands in here that need to go up to some other husbands in here and be like, hey, the way that you love your wife makes me want to love my wife better. Can we meet for coffee next week so that I can be encouraged by you and you can be encouraged by me? There's some people in here that you need to go up to somebody else and be like, hey, your walk with the Lord spurs me on. Do you know that? The way that I see you walking faithfully through that trial, it spurs me on. There's some people in here, you need to go up to somebody and be like, I don't even know why you try to bless me so much, but every time that you walk through the doors. You are such a blessing to me. Like, I don't even know why you do that, but it makes me want to bless others the way you bless me. You know, somebody in here that goes, your passion to invite people to church makes me want to do the same thing. I love seeing you worship. Oh my gosh, there's some people in here that I love seeing you worship. Uh, Every time Eric worships, I just want to jump up and down and be like, yes, Lord Jesus. Right? Because the way he worship encourages me. There's people in here that pray over me. Every time Joe Holden prays over me, I get stronger. I'm like, thank you, Joe Holden, because you are awesome at praying over your pastor, and I love it, and I thank you for it. That prayer meant the world to me. But here's the thing about the church. I don't think that the church is known for encouragement. I think the church is known more for critique than it is encouragement in this day and age. I don't think people come in here just all the time feeling encouraged. I think a lot of people leave a church and they go, critique this, critique this, critique that, critique this, instead of just going, no, I just came to be encouraged today, and I want to encourage somebody else today. Like, let's go into church. Let's be that church. Let's look for ways to encourage people. 
Here's something you can do. Make something normal, spiritual, when it's appropriate. So, like, for me, I coach um, five-year-old soccer, okay? And it's super fun, and it's also, like, super hectic, right? Like, I got all these little five-year-olds uh, running around, and last week was our first practice, and we had uh, Monroe that was good, and we had Brooks, and we had all these other people, and we had um, uh, Ryder, but then we had this one kid named Jack, and every single, like, five seconds, I'm like, where is Jack? <laughs> Jack, we've got to kick the ball into the goal. Do you not know that? He's like, I want water. <laughs> Water. I like water. I want water today. Soccer. Boom. Water. I'm Jack. I'm Jack, Coach Hawk. I'm Jack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so here's what's going to happen. In practice, though, every time he actually does something and he kicks the ball like he's supposed to, I'm going to go to him and be like, that was awesome, Jack. God gave you a gift. What? God gave you a gift. You're athletic, man. He gave you bones. He gave you legs to run on, Jack. Like, that's awesome, man. Way to go, buddy. That's just a normal thing, a kid, you know, kicking a ball into a soccer goal. But I, I, I made it spiritual when appropriate. Maybe you do the same tomorrow at work. You go to somebody and you're like, congrats on that promotion, man. That's awesome. You were faithful in the small and God blessed you. And it's just a simple little thing. It's not a five-minute spiritual conversation. It's just something that was like normal, and you made it spiritual when appropriate. Here's something else you need to do. Encourage someone who is hurting. And here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to preach down to them. I want you to lift them up. Here's the difference. Preaching down is, hey, man, I'm sorry you have cancer. I'm, I'm, I'm praying, and I have faith that God is going to heal you, and you just need to pray to have faith too. Don't do that, because that, that, that just makes somebody want to hit you. Here's encouraging someone through lifting them up. I, I'm so sorry that you have cancer. I can't even imagine what you're going through. But I'm believing with you for healing. Do you see the difference there? Do you see the difference? One is just like, man, you just got to have faith. The other one's like, I, I can't imagine what you're going through right now. But I'm with you, and I'm praying for you, and I want to encourage you. So today, we're called to encourage others, but here's the, the next thing that I want to end with. We're also called to encourage ourselves. We must learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. Write that down. Learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. I want to go to a story of David. And there's a story in 1 Samuel where David is on the run from Saul. And they go out on the battlefield and they get back to their camp. And their camp has been totally ransacked. And their wives have been taken. And everything that they owned had been burnt or pillaged. And all the men in David's camp, all these men who left everything to follow this leader because they believed in him, 
They get back and they see their things taken. They get back and they see their wives taken. And it says that the men were literally about to stone David. There's nobody in this story that wants to encourage David right now. Hey, David. Hey, man, I know this happened, man. That was bad. Like, you know what? But we're going to get through this. Nope. Nobody. Everybody in the camp wanted to turn on the leader at that point. Everybody wanted to stone David. And when you're going to get into some of those moments in your life where you're like, nobody is with me. I feel like I'm all alone right now. I feel like everybody has left me. Nobody wants to to encourage me. (coughs) And what does David do? 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, King James Version. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Sometimes you have to learn to preach to yourself. To preach to yourself. In those moments where everybody leaves you, and I've been there, and it seems that way, that everybody is turning against you, you have to go, no, I still have faith for this. You have to go, no, my God is still with me. You have to go, no, my God is for me. You have to go, no, my God has given me everything that I need. When there is no one else to encourage you, you must learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. This is what David did. Because there will be moments where it seems like no one is there. Moments like this for David and moments like the garden. I want you to think about Jesus because this happened to Jesus. Jesus is in the garden. He has his disciples there. He's like, will you pray with me? Because what is coming is the crucifixion. And I know the crucifixion is coming. And I just need you to be with me. Peter, John, hey, Andrew, can you just come and pray with me? And they're like, oh, yeah, Jesus, I'm with you. And then he goes to the garden. He starts praying. And he goes over here. And all of a sudden, these guys are all asleep. He's like, I'm sweating blood in the garden right now, going through the hardest trial I've ever been in, and you're asleep? The disciples had their own struggle that night, staying asleep, staying awake. That night there was no one there in Jesus' deepest time of need. And there might be a dark night where no one is calling that you're going through, where no one is thinking of you, where everybody else is asleep on you, and what do you do? What do you do? Give up and lose the war? Or encourage yourself and win? What do you do? Do you just give up and lose the war? Or do you encourage yourself and win? This was Jesus' choice, to give up and lose the war over sin and death? Or to encourage himself and win the battle for all of humanity. Amen? He chose option two. He encouraged himself to the end when there was no one there to spur him on. And and here's what you need to know. Don't always look at who is not by your side, but keep your eyes on Jesus who is always by your side. (coughs) The Father is always there. The Father is always with you. 
Time after time, Scripture says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So even when it seems like everybody else has turned their back on you, you have nowhere else to go, that's when you're able to go. But my God is still for me. I will encourage myself in the Lord. Amen? My God is still with me. Everyone else may have left, but my Father is still there. He is always your greatest encourager. So you've got to learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. You've got to learn to encourage others daily. You've got to learn to be an encourager. You've got to learn to be a cheerleader. Because God is always calling you to be an encourager. Write this down. I want you to encourage yourself daily. I want, to, I want you to encourage yourself spiritually. And I want you to encourage others whenever you get the chance. Not when you feel like it, but whenever you get the chance. Here's something else really cool. You know who people love to be, in around, be around? An encourager. Back when I was doing youth ministry... There was this one guy named Pastor Joe. There was a youth pastor with me. And he was a, a great youth pastor. But I used to bring him in to speak at youth events, and I used to hang out with him at any time I could. I used to call him on the phone. You know why? Not because he was like the best youth communicator out there. Not because he, he was just so knowledgeable and so wise about youth ministry, and I could just learn from him. I wanted to be around Joe because Joe was one of the greatest encouragers I've ever had in my life. Joe would show up to your youth event, and he would be just like, man, this is awesome, Josh. Oh, my gosh. Like, how did you do that? Like, oh, you checked a kid in to, to come to youth group tonight? That is awesome. How did you do that? Let me, so, let me know how that was going, man. Oh, my gosh. When you said that word, like that one word, that was so amazing. Man, I just love you. You were just so good, man. You are the godfather of youth ministry. He used to call me that all the time. And I'd be like, Joe, you know, some of us would be like, Joe, calm down, right? Because Joe's just like a little puppy dog, just want to jump on you all the time. It's like, I love you, I love you, Yo, you're awesome, you're awesome. But you know what? I miss sometimes my dog, he died <laughs> um, last year, and I'm like begging uh, Ashley for us to get a new dog so y'all can enjoy me and praying for that to come. Because <laughs> all the kids and me were like, doggy, <laughs> please. <laughs> and that's okay. We're just in a life season right now where Maybe we can't handle that and all the other kids and all this other stuff too. But, but secretly, I want a dog. And you know why? One of the reasons why I want a dog is because a dog encourages me. That's why I don't like cats. If you're a cat person here, I'm sorry. Cats look at you and they're like, oh, it's you. Feed me. Dogs are like, it's you. I love you. Let me lick you up and down. Oh, my gosh. You're the best owner ever. Makes you feel so good about yourself, right? That's the way Joe was for me, man. He just made me feel so good. And I wanted to be around him all the time. And I really believe that the world needs a lot more Joes. I really believe that this church needs a lot more Joes. 
I really believe that Christianity needs a lot more Joes and a less like and a less just so much less critique. And I guarantee you, if we were to build a church like that, there would be no, we could not hold the amount of people that would come into this place. Because they'd be like, man, there's something different there. There's something different. There's a spirit of encouragement. There's a spirit of love. There's a spirit of joy. There's a spirit of levity. And in this world, where we, every single time we turn on the TV or Instagram or social media, all we see is negativity critiques everywhere. What a difference it would make if someone would be a cheerleader. So as the band comes back up, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you just to ask God a question. Who is it that you need to be a cheerleader for today? Who is it that just needs some encouragement? And say, God, can you use me? And the second thing that I want you to do is ask yourself this question. How can you encourage yourself in the Lord today? How can you just begin to go, God, here I am. I know you're going to send me encouragement because you are a God of encouragement. But right now, I'm alone. Right now, I don't see it. Right now, I don't have the letter waiting in my mailbox. Right now, I don't have the voicemail. But would you just download a voicemail into my ears right now that says that I am loved? That says that I have been bought with a price? The precious blood of Jesus. Hey, let me tell you something. That should encourage you so much. If there was a God that would die for you, to save you, so that he could be near to you every single waking moment, how amazing is that? And he wants to lavish his love upon you. He is not selfish with his I love yous. He's going, I love you, 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 child. Every time I ask God, God, let me hear a word from you. You know what the number one thing that he lets me hear from him is? I love you, Josh. I love you. Just know that I love you, son. It's the greatest thing I want to pour into my kids. I love you. I love you. I love you. Let him speak that into your life today. I love you. I love you. You're worthy. You're valuable. You're special. Let me encourage you. Let me encourage you today. You got this. You got this. Some of you just came to church today just to hear that. You got this. He's still with you. He's never left you or forsaken you, and he never will. You've got this. Take that step. I'm with you. And then some of you were coming here today because God is telling you, 
encourage someone. Be the cheerleader. Be the cheerleader. 